Last week, the Toronto Star published an article titled Genuflect, then Disinfect, about the recommendations released by the Archdiocese of Toronto to parishes on how to prevent the spread of the dreaded H1N1 virus. Now, I'm not quite sure how genuflecting would help prevent the spread of the virus, so I looked up the letter from the Toronto Archbishop, Archbishop Collins, to all the parishes, which, which suggests that if people wish to do away with the handshake during the sign of peace, it would be more than appropriate to bow instead. Bow, genuflect, what's the difference? I suppose it would be pretty cool if people started genuflecting to each other during the sign of peace. But I digress. The same thing happened a couple years ago with the SARS virus. All of a sudden, people were not shaking hands in church. But tell me this, did you stop shaking hands with people anywhere else? Do you think that people in church have more germs than anywhere else? Use common sense, people. If you don't want to shake hands because you're scared of the flu, then don't shake hands. But don't shake hands anywhere with anyone. The H1N1 virus is not just present at church. In another article, this one published by the Edmonton Journal, I read that some churches are tossing out the holy water because of fear of spreading the H1N1 virus. Hello, holy water? Is it full of germs? Perhaps priests should add a drop or two of Javix in the holy water to keep it clean. That would also prevent people from drinking the holy water, which apparently also happens in some parishes. People, you're not going to get the flu from dipping your fingers in the holy water. You're going to get the flu if you don't wash your hands regularly, but whatever. Other people have suggested that church place hand sanitizers in every pew. Now, I actually have been to parishes that already do this, and Kleenex. But why, I ask, are they putting hand sanitizers in movie theaters, in stadiums, and other places where people gather? Apparently, people are only worried about germs in church. Which leads me to say that in our parish, Eucharistic ministers have been using hand sanitizers for years now before distributing communion. There's nothing like receiving the Eucharist that tastes like Purell. At least they haven't done away with the wine. Now that would be too bad. But hey, that's just me. Apparently, some people drink holy water. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio. Hello and welcome to this week's Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. And I'm Christian Matrenko. And Michelle will be joining us a little later with events. There's always lots going on. And Chris, the Holy Father, is, has been busy. Yeah, we'll be telling you about his trip to Prague uh, Czech, in the Czech Republic this past weekend. Also about, uh, about the next book that is going to be coming out from the Pope. The Pope previewed this during the papal visit to the Czech Republic, as well as the theme for the 2010 World Day of Social Communications that was announced this past week. And we'll be talking about that all in a little bit later on. Also, Chris, we will be speaking to Monsignor Dennis Murphy about his new book, A View from the Trenches, Ups and Downs of Today's Parish Priest. This is a new book that looks at, well, pretty much that, the ups and downs of the parish priest. And I think it's a good way to begin celebrating the year for priests here at Salt and Light Radio. And Chris, also, if you have children ages 3 to 11, nope, <laughs> please stay and listen. Um, because this week, we our feature artist is not really, well, it's not a one artist. It's an audio program for children to teach them about the faith. 
It's called Cat Chat. And uh, f- for the longest time, I actually thought that the character in Cat Chat was a bear. I saw the concert, and maybe it was the size. Yeah, I know. It's I suppose not the ti- I suppose the title should have given it away from yeah, me. Really, I know, I know, I know. It's a cat. It's Moses the cat, and we actually will be hearing a little bit from Moses the cat also later wow. on in the program. Um, and we're going to start with a song from Cat Chat. This one's from Volume One. Mary leads me closer to the Jesus. That's the title of the volume, and the song is called "Full of Grace." Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. special we pray it a whole lot of times when we pray the rosary (laughs) if we pray these prayers with all our hearts it will really help us enter into the life of jesus and our blessed mother okay papa please go on with the story oh yes of course where was i right well after the angel spoke mary was quite surprised she even asked herself what this greeting could mean and then the angel said to her Mary, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. You are going to conceive in your womb a little boy, and you shall name him Jesus. 
And this child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your cousin Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And that was a song full of grace from the first volume of Cat Chat, Mary Leads Me Closer to Jesus. And now Chris to the news. Yes, well, the Pope was in the Czech Republic from September 26th to 28th. And uh, he started it off by greeting politicians and diplomats in Prague, visited the famed statue of the infant of Prague, and gave a wonderful treatise on the family. Uh, there was an open-air mass in Brno, which is the largest city in the heavily Catholic uh, Moravia region. Mm-hmm. Uh, about 120,000 people showed up for this, as well as a number of other uh, different events, including a mass on, mon- on Monday, marking the national feast of St. Wenceslas, who we know from the Christmas Carol, Good King Wenceslas. And it was a very successful trip, although the Czech Republic is known as being perhaps one of the most atheistic societies on earth. And that's even from the mayor of Prague. Really? Who, who said this. And so the Pope is, is trying to open people up to, uh, to faith and understanding that, that freedom uh, is bolstered by a presence of Christianity as opposed to being inhibited by it. That was one of his messages, which was really um, part of his, his ongoing affirmative orthodoxy, so a positive presentation of the faith. Now, uh, during that same people visit, uh, the Pope spoke about the second book on Jesus that is going to be released, uh, he said, in 2010. Uh, he said during a press conference on the plane, uh, there's always a press conference yes. on the plane going over to these trips, and it's one of those times where you get to hear the Pope speaking off the cuff. Right. And uh, he said that uh, his breaking his hand as he did uh, inhibited his, his writing somewhat, but he's still hoping that it will be done very soon. Um, and finally, I want to tell you about the theme for the 2010 World Day of Social Communications. Okay. And it's the priest and pastoral ministry in the digital world, new media at the service of the word. And so for those of us who, uh, who love our Twitter, it's encouraging to, <laughs> uh, to see that the church is once again focusing on uh, new social technologies and digital media and learning how to, to better incorporate this. Now this has, uh, the take on it is more related to the priesthood and a communique that was ta- released about it said that it will invite priests in particular during this year for priests uh, to consider the new communications media as a possible resource for their ministry at the service of the word. So this is the World Day of Communications that takes place, it'll take place next year? That's right. Sometime in, in May, right? That's correct. And the actual message is going to be released on the 24th of January which happens to be the Feast of St. Francis de Sales, who is the patron, patron saint, saint of journalists. Very good. That's so, right. And I'm sure we'll be talking a lot more as we approach the World Social Day of Communications mm-hmm. next year. That's the news for now. Chris will return in a little bit to tell us all about something we've all forgotten about, the Synod for African Bishops that is beginning tomorrow. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel and on the internet at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. And I'm Michelle Nuzzo. Hello, Michelle. Hi. So I'm here for events. There's lots going on. As always, we begin uh, with Vancouver. The Marriage Can Be Great workshop presented by psychologist Dennis Boyd is happening October 14th at Holy Rosary Cathedral. This is a very fun and very relaxed three-hour workshop that provides very practical suggestions on how to enrich your relationships. So some of the topics include attitude, peace with the past, listening, dating and sense of humor, and forgiveness. 
forgiveness, among others. So it's only $20 a person. Uh, to register and to find out more information, check out DennisBoyd.com or go on Vancouver's Archdiocesan website. Very important topic. I love that. Yes, marriage, me too. I wish I was in great. Vancouver yes. that week. <laughs> that would be great to attend. Uh, save the date as well for Vancouver's annual Archdiocesan Congress happening in October 24th. We'll have more details as the date approaches, but basically this is a chance for people from all sorts of catechetical ministries to get together to learn, share, and celebrate their faith. So that's October 24th at St. Francis Xavier Parish in Vancouver. This year's keynote speaker is Father John Cusick, the Director of Young Adult Ministry for the Archdiocese of Chicago. Archbishop Miller will be there to celebrate Mass, and YMO Director Clayton Emu will be co-presenting a session. So to register, visit Vancouver's Archdiocesan website. In Edmonton, Archbishop O'Leary High School is hosting Father John Gerth on October 17th to lead a retreat on the question Jesus asked his disciples, what is it you want me to do for you? From Mark chapter 10, verse 36. So you can check out the poster uh, for more details on Edmonton's Archdiocesan website. In Regina, all those interested in attending World Youth Day Spain 2011. And if you're living in Regina, there's a mandatory meeting October 18th at Holy Rosary Cathedral Hall. Again, refer to Regina's Archdiocesan website for more info. Familia Ministries Saskatchewan presents Genuine Happiness. What is it really? And that's the theme of the Familia Conference this year, happening October 16th and 17th at Resurrection Parish in Regina. Again, for more info and to register, check out Regina's Archdiocesan website. In Manitoba, there's also a retreat happening called To Encounter Christ, October 10th to 12th for young adults 16 and up. The central theme of the retreat is the Paschal Mystery, so Christ's invitation to die to ourselves and to rise to a new and fuller life. This is all happening at the Catholic School of Evangelization in St. Malo, Manitoba. To register, it's gbtec.ca. That's gbtec.ca. CA. That's great. Lots going on as always. Thank you, Michelle. Michelle will be back in about 30 minutes with uh, some more events covering the rest of the country. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. Today on Salt and Light Radio, we begin celebrating the priesthood. Last June, Pope Benedict XVI declared this year to be the year for priests. And there is a new book which celebrates the priesthood. Well, maybe celebrates is not quite accurate. Scrutinizes is more like it. A View from the Trenches is a thought-provoking book that looks at the difficult environment which priests work today, in which priests work today. It's written by Monsignor Dennis Murphy, a priest from the Diocese of Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Uh, he's also the former secretary of the Canadian Conference for Catholic Bishops and also the founder of the Institute for Catholic Education in Canada, and Monsignor Murphy joins me now on the phone from North Bay, Ontario. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio, Monsignor Murphy. Thanks, Pedro. Um, I, 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 there's so much that we can talk about, but I really want to get at why, why write this book? What, what, what was the, I guess, impetus or the, the intention for, for writing this book down? Well, Pedro, I'll tell you, it really comes out of a series of conferences on the occasion of the uh, priest retreat here in the diocese a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, they asked me to give that retreat, and uh, when I thought about it, I said to myself, the most important thing is probably to try to bring together a lot of the the, uh, the opinions and the questions and the problems and the thoughts that uh, priests were dealing with these days. Um, and so that's why I began with what I called uh, 
an environmental scan or described maybe as the waters that we swim in daily. Yes, yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, I was just going to say, because part of that involves looking at the face of the church, or, or the, I guess the picture of the church very much as, so. as a whole. So what, why don't I just ask you that? So what is the face of the church today as opposed to 30 years ago? Sure. Well, I mean, I, I think that uh, for any priest who <laughs> at least has as many years behind, uh, as, uh, behind me as I have, I think for any priest there are some obvious uh, factors in which one recognizes radical change. Uh, starting with the obvious one, and that is that there are fewer, fewer people who participate in the life of the Church, right. in the life of parishes these days. Yeah. And the second one that, again, is very obvious is that there are fewer clergy to serve these people, right. and the clergy that are around are uh, becoming a rather thin gray line. But there are many uh, other factors uh, uh, around as well, or parts of the sort of church environment uh, or social environment, and that is that the the role of the priests, at least in the eyes of a lot of people, seems to have changed. Uh, it's changed in the sense that I think when I was first ordained, and I think it's true for a lot of priests, uh, rightly or wrongly, we occupied what you might call the moral high ground. We were recognized okay, as yeah. you know, providing a, an authoritative voice on moral questions. Now we're just a voice among many. Right. Um, sorry, I don't mean to date you, but were you ordained before Vatican II? I was ordained in 1960, just before it started, okay, two years so before it started. So would you say that a lot of the changes ha have had to do with, with the Second Vatican Council, or, 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 or just culture? No, I think the Second Vatican Council was trying to come to grips with the fact that there were significant social changes happening, particularly in the Western Catholic okay, Church. So the changes were happening anyway, and the Church and was trying right, to catch the, up. Yeah. I see. Um, you, uh, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you where where you saw priests fitting into that picture of the church. But you very much have defined or described the image of the uh, that picture of the church very much in context of where the priesthood fit. Uh, w would you say that that the priesthood is an integral part of that picture of the church? Oh, there's no question about that. I mean, that once again, if I can go back to to the Second Vatican Council, I mean, it's quite clear that uh, the role of, uh, of the clergy, the bishops, deacons, and priests in the Church, uh, remains an essential role. Part of the problem, of course, uh, you know, you, you, just, you just can't uh, escape the fact that, that uh, all the professions have been under the microscope in the last number of years. Yeah. And, you know, whether you're a priest or a doctor or an engineer building bridges, there are people who will question very closely and very sharply your opinion. And so mm -hmm. people, you know, they want second opinions from their doctors, and they want to know when a bridge collapses, why the bridge collapsed, and so they're questioning the engineers and the priests, <laughs> as well as professional people, if you will, as well as people with a vocation, they're under the microscope with people questioning very much what, what they're doing. And, of course, it didn't help that uh, their reputation of, of Catholic clergy, particularly in recent years, has, has been profoundly besmirched by the sexual abuse scandal that has uh, shamed us all. There's right. just no getting away from that. Yeah. Now, just a note for people that might be joining the program. At this point, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara, man, and we're speaking to Monsignor Dennis Murphy about his new book, uh, 
a view from the trenches, uh, book, uh, looking at the ups and downs of today's parish priest. Um, Monsignor, I was really struck by the whole chapter on hope. It, it took me by surprise. Uh, it, I, I'm not sure why, but why would you say that, it's so, that, that hope is such an important element when we look at the struggles that priests face? Well, I mean, I, I, I don't think there's any doubt about the fact that the Church is living a period of transition at the present time, and there are quite polarized voices which say within the Church that uh, say that we've taken the wrong path, and there are others that saying we have not moved fast enough into the modern or postmodern era in which we find ourselves. And with this kind of conflictual environment, uh, I think that priests who are at the heart of the life of the Church they need hope as a habit of the heart that is going to uh, ground them in what it is they're doing. I think they have to look upon hope not in the terms of opti optimism. Optimism okay. and hope are two radically different things. Yeah, they have yeah, to yeah. rather look at hope as being that ener energy of God, if you will, into which they were baptized and, and uh, for which they were ordained. And I think they have to realize that despite the rather difficult environment in which they find themselves in society, in the Church, even in the ecclesiastical culture of our times, despite that, they have to realize that the primordial environment is really uh, the grace of God in which they live. Would you, would you say that part of that is not for the priests to have hope themselves, but also to make sure that they're bringing hope to the uh, parishioners? Yeah, Pedro, that's it exactly. There, yeah. there are a lot of people today who are looking uh, for hope. And I think uh, that uh, uh, priests, uh, uh, all clergy, as a matter of fact, at the, at the present time, have to be agents of hope in a, in a society where there is, uh, I'd say, a disquieting incertitude that seems to be uh, afflicting a lot of people. Right. And so they need to hear a, a word of hope, but they have to realize that the, the moment, whatever it brings to us, uh, must be understood in terms of of the the promise of the future, and uh, that's really what hope is all about. Right now, who is this book for? Is it? Do you see that it's more for priests, or is it p for people like me? Well, obviously, uh, in its genesis, it was directed to priests. But yeah. my hope is that uh, it may bring together some of the questions that are around in these days about the priesthood in ways that will uh, help. Uh, all the members of the church, and maybe even people and ministers of other churches as well, uh, help them to understand how it is that the clergy function and the uh, problems that they are facing and the difficulties uh, that they live with. Yeah, that's true. Maybe maybe even inspire some some uh, vocations. <laughs> I would really hope so. Yes. Yeah, not just to the priesthood, but to the to the permanent diaconate as well. It, that it, exactly. uh, it made me think about that a lot. Um, Monsignor, that's about all the time we have. But thank you so much for for uh, uh, being with us today and and sharing with us a little bit about the the background of the book, and uh, and hopefully a lot of people will be interested in in, in looking for it and uh, reading up on uh, on some of your insights. Thanks very much, Pedro. It was great talking with you. You're very welcome. That was Monsignor Dennis Murphy. He's the author of the new book, A View from the Trenches, The Ups and Downs of Today's Parish Priest. The book is available from Novalis at www.novalis.ca. And you can write to us here at Salt and Light Radio to tell us your thoughts on the struggles faced by priests. Our address is radio at saltandlighttv.org. And here now from Cat Chat, volume number four, The Mass Comes Alive. 
is the song Come Live With Me. We better go. Yeah, let's go. Jesus, I adore you. You are love. Come live with me. Jesus, I adore you. You are love. Come live with me. You are mercy. You are grace. You are healing the human race. You are springtime in my heart. You have dawned in me new life. Jesus, I adore you. You are love. Come live in me. Jesus, I adore you. You are love. Come live in me. You are strength when I am not. You are courage when times are Kids, welcome to the 10th annual Catholic Family Conference. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Mr. Miller, but you can call me Mr. M. And I'm going to be da 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 da, the kids' leader. And I'm sure that you're going to be my absolute best group ever. Okay, now you can all have a seat. And before we get started, does anyone have any questions? Yeah, where are the washrooms around here? <laughs> There's one just behind this tent, over beside the snack shack. Anybody else? Yeah, Mr. M, I was wondering, will you be giving out cool prizes again this year? Prizes? Last year, we got freezies and candy bags. Cool. And what about the games we played? We'll probably play a few games after lunch. But let's see how well things go in this first session. I'd like to start off with a prayer. Let's all bow our heads. That was Come Live in Me from the fourth volume of Cat Chat, The Mass Comes Alive. In about five minutes, we'll be speaking with the Cat Chat man himself, Gerald Montpetit. But first, here back with us is Chris to tell us all about the uh, synod uh, that is taking place, that is beginning in Africa tomorrow. 
That's right, Pedro. It's a major, major event in the life of the church, even though it hasn't necessarily been getting a whole lot of media attention, although that, I guess, is par for the course, unfortunately, uh, regarding issues uh, of Africa, often, mm-hmm. often don't get a lot of attention here, but they really should. The synods of bishops, um, there was a major one last year uh, that was an international synod of bishops on the Word of God. And this one will be involving 200 bishops from, from Africa, predominantly African participants, although there are other appointees, 36 bishops and priest members from around the world, including one from Atlanta, actually, Archbishop Wilton Gregory. Really? Uh, there's also going to be 78 non-voting experts and auditors, 30 of whom are women. And here's what happens during the synod, because it's almost a, a whole month long. Okay. There's going to be a week or so of individual speeches, followed by small group discussions. Now this will lead to a final list of proposals and a message to the world. So this is exactly the same as it was last year. The Pope presides over the daily session. So he's there on the floor most days hearing these speeches. Although he did introduce a less formal discussion period in the evening sessions. And he would also typically summarize the most important points in impromptu comments at the end of the day. And so this was something that was always very interesting. Although these weren't televised and journalists aren't typically allowed into these these impromptu mm-hmm. sessions. However, there are media liaisons who will tell journalists after the fact, okay, after the fact what went on. Sorry, Chris, just to clarify, you're talking about the Senate last year. The Holy Father was there, but he will not be present at the Senate. Oh, he will. Yes, he, he will. will. He will be present. Um, for for most of the synod, really, mm-hmm. the the theme of this this year is the church in Africa, in service to reconciliation, justice, and peace. The subtitle: You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Certainly, a yes. theme that is is uh, very well known to us here at Salt and Light Television. And uh, the working document reveals a little bit about what they're going to be discussing. Uh, it, it involves uh, the risks of imposition of cultural models of materialism and relativism, uh, taking away from the traditional values in Africa that the church wants to uphold, and, uh, and basically talking about the, the negative consequences of globalization and how this could hurt values in Africa. Uh, some of the topics are, are also going to be the enculturation of the gospel, so finding ways to ground the faith in local cultures. Uh, they're going to be discussing the families, uh, the family rather, and uh, many church leaders conceive, conceive of the families being under attack. Um, how can the church better help families? Uh, also dialogue with Muslims. There's been a number of, of flare-ups, uh, particularly, in, in particularly in Nigeria, last year mm-hmm. and so how can Muslim and Christian relations improve uh, also economic justice and that would be another big issue in addressing poverty in Africa now uh, there are a couple of key players who who play a very big role in these synods uh, first of all we've got the delegated co-presidents so even though the Pope is there for many of the sessions uh-huh. running the sessions is is shared by these co-presidents uh, the Nigerian Cardinal Francis Arinze who is the retired prefect of the Congregation for Divine Worship in the Sacraments, uh, Cardinal Theodore Adrien Saar of Dakar in Senegal, and the third one, South African Cardinal Wilfred Napier of Durban, and one other person who it's worth noting, who's really uh, getting a lot of attention in the church, it's the Secretary General for the uh, for this synod, 61-year-old Cardinal Peter Turkson of Cape Coast, Ghana, and as the secretary, he's got to take all these discussions from all these bishops mm-hmm. and, th- and synthesize them 
uh, in, into something that's a little bit easier to grasp uh, before they get to the point of, of drafting the propositions which are ultimately given to the Pope. Right, and we will be bringing uh, some updates as to uh, how the Synod progresses or any messages that might be coming out uh, throughout the month. Uh, I expect that from you, Chris, and I apologize Certainly. because I did make a mistake. I did say I believe that the Synod was taking place or beginning in Africa, and it's not taking place in Africa. No, it's in Rome. It's in Rome, uh, but it's with African bishops. So just to clarify that, don't want people thinking that the Holy Father is traveling back to Africa. Um, that's why I was a little. Uh, I, I saw that that look in your <laughs> eye, a little bit, uh, a little bit surprised, yeah, well as if there were another international exactly people, people and I visit. How come I hadn't heard about this? But but uh, yeah, I just wanted to make sure we're not misleading people, or that I'm not misleading people. Anyway, thank you so much, Chris. Uh, this was uh, Chris Dimitrenko, our Salt and Light Radio news producer. Uh, if you'd like to comment on anything you hear on this program about the mistakes I make or anything else, send us an email: radio at saltandlighttv.org. Hi, this is Chris Bray, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. When our kids were younger, we found it really hard to find good quality Catholic music and stories for kids. I particularly was looking for recordings, stories that we could listen to in the car. And I tell you, it wasn't easy. But then I heard about Cat Chat. And I must say that I was not disappointed. We've been hearing a couple songs so far in the program, but have a more of a listen. Hello and welcome to Cat Chat, the Catholic audio show for kids. My name is Moses, the family cat, and I'll be your host for this all new and exciting audio show. Cat Chat, where I learn more about Jesus. Cat Chat, Cat Chat, my faith grows with Cat Chat. Where I learn more about Jesus Cat Chat Chat my faith grows What's Cat Chat you say? Well let me tell you Over the next half hour You and I will be listening to a lot of Catholic Chat That's right, a lot of Cat Chat We'll join Josh, Hannah and their papa For an amazing time of Faith-filled stories Cool conversations Great songs and prayer So stay tuned Hi, it's me again, Moses. Remember? The family cat. It's Saturday night and I'm home all alone. That great family I live with, Josh, Hannah, and Papa, well, they just stepped out to go to church. Gee, I wonder why they never take me along. No pets allowed, I guess. Well, I'm sure I'll get the inside scoop when they get back. They always come home talking about what went on at Mass. I'm curious to hear what they'll chat about this time. This way, I get to learn a thing or two about what the Catholic faith is all about. Who knows? Maybe you will, too. Oh, my. I hear them coming. Well, I'll see you all later. Oh, yeah. And hey, enjoy the show. Okay, kids, it's getting late. It's time to get ready for bed. Aw, can't you tell us one story before bed? Yeah, your stories are great, Papa. And besides, it's not that late. Well, I suppose we have a little bit of time for a story. Actually, I have just the perfect one in mind. But first, get your PJs on. I'll put a log on the fire, and then I'll get us something to drink. Yahoo! Come on, Hannah. I'll race ya. 
That was a clip from Cat Chat, the Catholic audio show for kids. And to talk to us all about it, we have joining us right now on the phone, the Cat Chat man himself, Gerald Montpetit. Welcome to the show, Gerald. Well, thank you very much. We've had a chance to listen to a bit of the program, and we've heard some okay. songs, so I think people kind of get a little bit of what Chat is. Um, but yeah. I want to go kind of even way back to, I don't know, it's been six years, eight years. How did you and your wife, Denise, come up with this idea to do this program? Well, it's kind of neat how it all evolved. Um, Denise, uh, at the time, we were just, uh, you know, freshly having kids. We firstly had our uh, our little girl, Vanessa. She was just six months old at uh-huh. the time, and she was teaching in schools. Denise was teaching, and she was looking for resources herself. Couldn't yeah. find anything that was solidly Catholic. And uh, we just started praying about what, you know, God may be calling us to, because I had presently uh, been working in a studio recording other Catholic artists. Yeah. And uh, I had a bank of about 40 songs, not knowing what they were going to be used for. Songs that you had so written. So we started started praying and, and seeing what God really wanted here. Denise is a great, uh, a great writer, and she started writing some script. Uh-huh. And uh, we just started listening to other ideas that were out there that... Uh, you know, something like Focus on the Family has, but it just it was good, but just not Catholic. So we said, hey, let's see what uh, we can do, see what uh, our talents and gifts God's given us to use for His glory. Right, so you've written a lot of the songs, and Denise has writes most of the scripts? That's Denise writes all the scripts on all these six CDs in the series, uh-huh. and uh, and I wrote all the songs and uh, put the production together. So, so one CD actually has about 50 different people involved, so it's quite an undertaking. Wow. And and, yeah. and and so there are six volumes. There's the one Correct. about Mary, Jesus in my heart. There's the one about saints, about the mass, the Christmas one, and there's a new, the Easter one, right? Um, That's correct, yeah. How, and I, I know that there's a lot of prayer that goes in into these w- between you and your family, but why, mm. why these particular topics? Well, we want to emphasize the basics of the faith, uh, kind of the pillars that keep us as Catholics, you know, going. So Mary, which is a real cornerstone, uh, for us as a family, and I think for us as a church, uh, Mary has always been such an instrument to lead us to Christ. Yeah. So we started with her. We consecrated our ministry to Mary, to our Blessed Mother. Okay. And uh, and from there, we uh, we decided the next one would be on the Eucharist, which was on Jesus in my heart. Okay. And then another pillar, obviously, the heroes of our faith, the saints. And the right. Mass came after that. And uh, the next two, we kind of wanted to target a bit of a secular audience, we, you know, to reach them with just the different holidays of the season. So we really decided to do something on Christmas and Easter so that we can draw them in for right. the rest of the series and hopefully, you know, teach them what the faith really teaches. Right. Now, just a note for anyone that might be joining us at this point, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. My name is Pedro, and we're speaking with Gerald Montpetit about his ministry that he shares with his family, Cat Chat, the audio program, the Catholic audio program for kids. Gerald, I was very intrigued by because what you and Denise did is you really took responsibility for your children's religious education. Now, I know you homeschool your kids, right. um, yeah. but not everybody does that. But I still think that parents really need to... Um, here in Ontario, we have a Catholic school system, but mm-hmm. uh, and I think a lot of parents m- that that force that makes them be a little lazy about their how they educate their kids in faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. w- how important do you think it is for parents to to really kind of take more charge of their children's faith formation? Well, I, I tell you, it's a real challenge for everyone to to uh, put that as a priority. Um, 
I think for us, homeschooling was a priority for us because Denise taught in the schools. Yeah. And although the schools were, you know, they were teaching Catholic courses, um, for us, we just wanted to go deeper. And, and because uh, the faith was so important to us, we decided to take the plunge and, and teach our kids yeah. the faith through the courses they're taking, whether it's social or uh, math. So uh, homeschooling was a great opportunity for us to try it. Um, at the time, Denise was very close to homeschooling. Yeah. Just coming from a teaching background, she got a lot of slack and, you know, got uh, you know, somewhat put in her place, if you want to put it by the teachers and yeah. principals there. But but I think uh, it's, it's really bearing good fruit for us, and we've been, you know, we, there's no regrets whatsoever for, right. for taking that route. Now, part of the Catch-Up ministry, since we're talking about education, is not just the Catch-Up programs, because you also mm-hmm. have, now I know, a Vacation Bible School program, um, and tell mm. us a, f- a bit about what other uh, um, things you're offering as part of your ministry. Mm. Yeah, Catch Hat's really, you know, uh, so much opportunity to, to teach the kids. So we've developed uh, two different VBS programs. One is on Mary, uh, called Cool Kingdom Party. Oh, yeah. And the second one is on the Mass, called Marvelous Mystery. Uh-huh. And we released that one in February, and it's been really taken off. Oh, yeah. Uh, that VBS has reached so many kids. We're so blessed to hear from emails and phone calls about families being touched by this VBS. Great. And we have a third one going to be released uh, in spring of 2011, which will be on the Saints. And uh, we're, we're somewhat following the same pattern as our CDs. Okay. Because a lot of the formation can come from those, and we just build on that to make a program that's mm-hmm. easy to use. And uh, and parishes are just are just loving it because there's not much Catholic no. formation for vacation Bible schools. No, there isn't. You're right. Now you also you also oh, have there. sorry you also have now that the concert that you're doing the Catch at Live. So how does that mm. kind of fit into the whole ministry? Well, that's been a neat a neat turn for me. The concerts was never really a, an important part for me because uh, just being a, kind of a, a presence was hard. Excuse me, it was hard for me. So. Uh, God eventually changed my heart, and what was just going to be myself and Moses the cat eventually evolved into evolved into a, a full family production. Yeah, I know. Where we go out uh, as a family together, we travel for uh, four months of the year. Yeah. So we go two months in the spring. We uh, we travel different areas, and then we go two months in the fall, and we we have a, a complete family um, involvement. So my son Dominic, eleven on drums. Yeah. Um, he does some unicycling, and my son Jerome on the bongos. Rianne helps out now with uh, stage presence with the kids. She's 13. Right. And, uh, and my wife does the soundboard and the tracks. So it's it's a family venture, and it's been a great opportunity for us to travel and, and to really uh, show other families that uh, the emphasis on family life is so important. Right. So and, and we share that, we share that in our concerts how important family is to do things as a family. And I just feel blessed that I can do this as a, as a ministry for sure. And, and and again, the content of the concert is also based some of the some of the songs that are in the program, the the audio program, and some of the the same stories, same messages. That uh, pretty well, yeah. We use the songs, that kind of the favorites that, that uh, people over the years have just loved. And we do some unicycling, some juggling. There's a lot of fun with yeah. the cat coming in and out. And uh, and this tour specifically, our theme is on on a challenge, and basically we're challenging uh, kids to take five minutes a day to to pray. We're challenging to pray. We have uh, something called uh, a new way to pray, which is which is called the Cat Chat Way to Pray. Yeah, yeah. An acronym that we can go through, and uh, we go through with the kids. So we're basically challenging them to create a prayer spot, a corner where they can go pray, or an area 
uh, to take five minutes to pray there and then to pass it on to others, what they're learning, what God's doing with, with their life. And Great. So just challenge them to get away from their DS, you know, the Internet, yeah. whatever. Yeah, so you're, you're giving them homework. That's great. That's good. Um, uh, so you're in Florida now. You're going to be in Florida next week, and then the following week you go to uh, Louisiana. I know that you're going to be. So if we have any listeners in, in that part of the world, uh, th- I know there's shows in Lafayette, Louisiana. You're going to be in Texas the f- week after that. There's two shows in San Antonio and then uh, several other uh, towns and then in Nevada. And then you're back mm-hmm. in Canada in on November 4th. And then you said so you, there'll be a new tour in the spring. And people can get all this information if they're interested in uh, attending or finding out if there's a Cat Chat concert in your town at the Cat Chat website, catchat.ca. That's correct. correct. Um, Gerald, that's all the time we have. But thank you so, so much for, for being part of this. Liz, I, I love this stuff. And I, I told you earlier on the phone that my kids are a little, a little too old for Cat Chat now, but we spent a lot of, lot of time when they were younger listening mm-hmm. to a lot of these. So I'm a great fan. Um, so well, you guys thank you so much, Pedro, for the opportunity to share what we're doing and, uh, and keep up the good work with what uh, you're doing at Salt and Light. Thanks, thanks a lot. So we'll be in touch, okay? All right. That was Thanks so much, Pedro. No problem. That was Gerald Montpetit. He's the Cat Chat man. If you want to find out more about Cat Chat, again, uh, their website is uh, catchat.ca. You can find out about the concert or how to order the CDs. Everything you need to know about Cat Chat is there. And write to us. Let us know what other resources you've found to help uh, teach your kids the faith. Write to us at radio at saltandlighttv.org. And now here's another song from Cat Chat. This one is from the second volume, Jesus in My Heart, and it's a song called Jesus, My Faith is in You. Over the years, I've come to realize that it's Jesus who carries us through the ups and downs of everyday life. And I'm so thankful that we have hope and faith in Christ Jesus.
Now remember, when we stay super close to Jesus, He promises that He will guide us and lead us because Jesus knows what's best for each one of us. That was our featured artist of the week, the audio program for children, Cat Chat, from volume two, Jesus in My Heart, the song, Jesus, My Faith is in You. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. Our email address is radio at saltandlighttv.org. And our blog can be found at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. And now again, it's time for Michelle. That's right. Thank you, Pedro. So bringing you more events this time from Eastern Canada, beginning in Toronto, October 6th and 13th. The Canadian Catholic Biothics Institute invites you to For the People in the Pews. This is an examination of ethical issues involved in uh, our understanding of life and death from a Roman Catholic perspective. It's happening at St. Francis of Assisi Parish in Mississauga. So it's a program that, be, that will be held every Tuesday evening for four consecutive weeks. The presenter will be uh, our lovely Dr. Moira McQueen, Executive Director of the Canadian Catholic Bioethics Institute, and she's been um, frequently a guest on Salt and Light yes. TV for our Catholic Focus episodes. Also in Toronto, all are welcome to join Archbishop Collins for Lectio Divina, Sunday, October 11th at St. Michael's Cathedral. The Archbishop will lead you in prayer and reflection on scriptural passages. This year's theme is the parables of Jesus. If you miss it, if for any reason you can't make it, it will air on Salt and Light television the following the Sunday. The following Sunday. The following Sunday that it, that it happens. So a week after October 11th. Yes. Also in Toronto, uh, October 16th and 17th, God, Sex, and the Meaning of Life Ministry in partnership with the Natural Family Planning Association will host a public presentation by Christopher West on Pope John Paul II's Theology of the Body, Discovering the Master Plan for Your Life. All are welcome. It'll be held at Canada Christian College in Toronto, October 16th and 17th. To register, visit Toronto's Archdiocesan website. And this is very exciting because yes. uh, uh, Christopher West will be visiting us at Salt and exactly. Light Radio this that week. I was going to say it's the much-anticipated Theology of the Body Conference. Um, uh, Christopher West will be a guest on Salt and Light Radio next week, uh, October 10th. So uh, be sure to tune in to that program. In Montreal, the official 2011 World Youth Day launch is happening Sunday, October 18th at Paroisse Notre-Dame-des-Neiges Parish. Check out diocesemontreal.org for more information. So if you are planning to attend World Youth Day with the Diocese of Montreal and all the youth there, make sure you attend the big kickoff launch party October 18th. Also across the country, 40 Days for Life Vigil is ongoing. If you're not familiar with it, it's an interdenominational and international pro-life campaign um, that basically involves a peaceful vigil where people stand in front of abortion clinics uh, in different cities across the country in silent prayer uh, for life. Life Chain is also happening October 4th in many cities across Canada. Make sure to check out your archdiocesan and diocesan websites to find out if it's happening in your city. Exactly that. If you're in New Market, sorry, in Aurora, Ontario, that's the Life Chain where I'm going to be at, so look for me. Oh, good. <laughs> Um, also across the country, Theology on Tap is happening everywhere. I know Toronto, Peterborough, Barrie, Winnipeg, Saskatoon, and Calgary have all advertised theirs online. So if you like drinking and discussing faith, faith topics at the same time, check it out. This is for you. Theology on Tap at a pub near you. There you go. Drinking moderately, that is. Moderately. Yes. yes. Very <laughs> good. Thank you, Michelle. Always lots going on. And as we say at the end of every event segment and every program, we're happy to let people know about the event that is happening in your community. Just let us know. Send us an email to radio at saltandlighttv.org. 
You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. And I'm Michelle Nuzzo. Two weeks ago, Michelle, we spoke about uh, your new documentary, One Day. That's this right. is a documentary about a group of high school students from Montreal who traveled to Mexico to build a home in one day. And it's finally it's finally airing. Yay! Yes, it's <laughs> happening tomorrow. Tomorrow is Sunday, October 4th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 Pacific on Salt and Light Television. And if you're not able to tune in tomorrow, you can catch it again on Wednesday, October 7th at 8.30 Eastern Time. So that's the documentary One Day, Michelle Nuzzo, producer. It's a great program if you watch it. Sorry, a great documentary if you watch it and you love it. You can purchase the DVD just Again, go to our website, saltandlighttv.org, and find out how you can purchase this film or any Salt and Light TV productions. And remember, if you don't have Salt and Light TV at home, you can watch all our programming streaming online at that same website. In case you've forgotten it because we don't say it enough, the right. <laughs> website is saltandlighttv.org. And this will be of special interest to our Knights of Columbus listeners. On October 7th, it's the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary, on which will be airing the International Rosary from the Marian Congress that took place in Phoenix, Arizona last August, uh, which was also sponsored by the Knights of Columbus. Yes, now this is a multilingual rosary. It features reflections by by a few different people from around the world, including Miss Mexico 2008. There's a a 9-11 firefighter hero, a former pro football star, and the ambassador of the Philippines to the United Nations. That's right. So tune in and pray the rosary with us on this special feast day. That's Wednesday, October 7th at 8.45 p.m. Eastern Time. And Michelle, that brings us almost to the end of the show. Remember, everyone, if you missed any part of this program, we stream and podcast all our radio programs at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And also remember, we love, love mail. Our address is radio at saltandlighttv.org. And our blog is saltandlighttv.org forward slash blog. And again, a reminder, next week we speak to Christopher West himself about his work with the with the Theology of the Body by John Paul II. So be sure to tune in. Definitely. It'll be a really good one. Yes. And now let's listen to one more Cat Chat song. This one is from the fourth volume, The Mass Comes Alive. The song is called I Believe. Thanks for being with us. I'm Michelle Nuzzo. And I'm Pedro. And this has been Salt and Light Radio. And if you'd like, you can dance and sing your hearts out. And let's see if everyone here at this conference can hear you say, I believe. I believe. I believe in God the Father. And I believe in God the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. And I believe that God is one.
one, kids. Thanks for an awesome conference. Papa, this was the best conference ever. Yeah, it was awesome. Well, the best is yet to come. Let's all head over to the church on the hill to meet up with the rest of our families.